We good? Yes, we are. All right. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Anish Gupta. And I'm your host, Shrikar Ajendran. I can't believe it, guys. We have come to the end of the 2022-2023 NFL season. I, hey, all good things must come to an end. Um, learning that the hard way recently. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, NFL season is officially over with uh, on Sunday, and um, I, I just can't believe it. <laughs> Shriek, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, how'd it go by so fast? Uh. Honestly, way faster than last season. It was um, it was a very fever dreamish year. Obviously, up until the NFC Championship, but we move. I think it was a great season, right? Um, we both had a lot of fun this year. Obviously, picks. Goop is your champ, right? Um, I'll come back and and you know try to reclaim that title next year. But um, yeah, very fun season. Very entertaining. Uh, and in this episode, we're just here to recap it all. And I think we're going to go ahead and start with our awards picks in a little yes. bit here. Yeah. But before we do that, obviously, our video, like all of them, are brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped is uh, the best below the man's waist uh, grooming. And uh, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology, you never have to worry about getting some nicks and cuts, uh, especially before Super Bowl season. Want to look clean, want to look sharp. Um, Awesome cutting edge ceramic blade. Uh, join over 7 million men worldwide who use it. Uh, we've got an exclusive offer for you. CHT20 at uh, manscaped.com uh, for 20% off and free shipping. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Uh, and let's get into it, guys. Uh, we're going to do, yeah, some award picks. I know uh, the award show is going to be tonight, so this is going to be out tomorrow. But let's see uh, if uh, we got them right. Uh, Shriek, uh, I'm sure you can pull up all the finalists, but uh, you want to start off with a particular award? Where, where do you want to go from here? Uh, well, I actually don't have the finalists pulled up, but I think we we all know. Uh, let's start with uh, Comeback Player of the Year. All right. I think this is just going to come down to Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I think you're in agreement there. Yep. Uh, in terms of my pick, this is historically a QB award, but it's not like an award that bars a running back from winning it. Uh, this is honestly probably one of the tougher ones to pick for me. I'll, I'll say Gino. I'll say okay. Gino gets it. Um, my only thing with Gino is like, is it really a comeback or is it? That's more what I've like, always kind of teetered. Because the other two are definitely more of comebacks, right? But I think just given the narrative, I won't write back all that stuff. I think I think they'll give it to Geno Smith. Yeah, I think that's what's working for him, right? The narrative, because you know, eight years. You know, he's played. No one really had anything to say, you know, relevantly wise about Geno Smith. Comes in, beats Seattle on Monday Night Football, um, and then has the a really solid season. Oh, sorry. Beats the Broncos in Seattle. My bad. <laughs> um, and uh, had a terrific season, uh, obviously. Took him to the playoffs and, uh, man, looked really good in the Pro Bowl, too. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he led the league in completion percentage as well. So. I think he's going to win this one too. Uh, though I think if we're going by technicalities of award, uh, it should be Saquon Barkley. Uh, right. But I'm going to give it to Gino here. Hey, and a side note, I like the new Pro Bowl format. Um, yeah, I know I a lot of people are mixed. Football. I like the whole flag football aspect. I think the players had a lot more fun with it. I wouldn't yeah. mind that going into the future. I think Goodell has plans to make that permanent. Uh, more but that was just, yep. 
It was more chill. And uh, even though Miles Garrett somehow dislocated a toe in non-contact and uh, hey, Trevor Lawrence dime on fourth and 20. Mm-hmm. He was beautiful. Man. Yeah, it, it, it was really good. Jared Goff was throwing some dimes too. I mean, it was great. It was that great. Gino won the CD. Don't tap him. Nice. It was a good, it was, it was a good game. I liked it. I liked it. It was definitely one of the more entertaining Pro Bowl games in the wild. But that was just a side note. Let's move on to our next award. Um, Coach of the year. Lots of candidates here. Obviously, you have Brian Dable, um, Nick Sirianni, Cal Shanahan, Doug Peterson. Somehow, Sean McDermott is sneaking his way into there, which does, I'll, I'll eliminate that right off the bat, okay? Um, my pick might surprise some people. Uh, I'm going with Nick Sirianni. I'm actually going with Nick Sirianni. 14 really? in preseason. Damn. Now, I know this award doesn't really go to the best record necessarily. It's always the biggest turnaround. But in a sense, 9-8 and eight to 14-3 and three is still a pretty big jump. Yep. Um, I would say they definitely exceeded expectations, especially mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to give this to Dable or Peterson. Uh, Peterson especially, because when you go from the number one pick to AFC South champions, I mean, that's really impressive. But the problem is it wasn't just one huge jump from one team. It was like three big jumps. So in this case, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Sirianni. Uh, I think Kevin O'Connell deserved to be a finalist, honestly, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine with the names that are there. Uh, but yeah, give me Nick. All right, let's uh, eliminate one from my list. I'm, I'm going to get, spoiler alert, I'm not picking Kyle Shannon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was a given. I'm surprised you went Sirianni. I'm, 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 I'm gonna go with Sirianni too. And uh, wow, man, I'm, you know, I might be a little bit higher on him than uh, some people might like. Uh, but yeah, he had a hell of a year, guys. I think schematically he was insane. He made this team way better than uh, even I thought. I had him going like ten and seven, barely winning the division. He was like, nope, let's, let's, let's be the best team in the league on paper and uh, um, I guess playing wise because number one rushing attack. He stuck with it like he did last year and made it even better. Uh, so kudos, man. That was really good. I think I think the only thing that's preventing Dable or Peterson from maybe running away with this is the fact that they both did something really similar, right? Take really bad teams and make them really good. So uh, I think that's the problem, right? The whole narrative of making, you know, going from bad to good is kind of being split between two coaches, right? Like that's why Kevin Stefanski won it because he was the only one who really did that with Cleveland. So uh, that season at least. So uh, that's why we've kind of got two you know, weird kind of spots between Dougie P and Dable, both who I think are phenomenal, always have loved Dougie P. And uh, I think Dougie P and Teal are going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, for a while. For the record, I would love to see any of those guys win it. I don't, Absolutely. I don't mind at all. Um, all right, rookies of the year. Let's just combine it. Um, I'm going with both of the Jets guys. So Garrett Wilson on the offensive end, Sauce on the defensive end. Uh, Garrett Wilson, with the Jets quarterback play, very, very impressive season. Um, 1,100 yards, 80 catches, four touchdowns. Um, just a great season. It's not going to go to Brock Purdy, Niner fans. It's in play enough. Um, <laughs> defensive rookie of the year, obviously, yeah, Sauce Gardner. Um, Tariq Willen's also a name I threw in there. Aiden Hutchinson as well. I mean, what do I even say about sauce? It was just, he was a real like pure shutdown corner. Um, 20 pass breakups led the NFL. He he's a very marketable person. I I, I just think both the jets guys have got it this year. Man, are we going to disagree? I I'm with you. Yeah. I got, I got both. I don't think we will disagree. 
Uh, ooh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, so I've got, um, yeah, I've got Garrett and, uh, um, sauce Garrett played really well throughout the year. I will say this though. I think Olave is actually on pace to be a better, but like, I'm really liking how Olave looked in this offense with new Orleans. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think just for stats wise, I think Garrett always had it. He was just more consistent. Obviously if Brock played the whole year, I think for sure he was going to get it, but, uh, that's just kind of my quarterback bias. Uh, and yeah, defensive rookie of the year sauce was terrific. He's also kind of got a little bit of a stronger narrative than Tariq Willen. Um, and yeah, he was really good. I mean, considering for how flashy he was, how high he was taken, uh, he really backed a lot of that stuff up and uh, yeah, deserves it. All right. I'll do the same thing with the players of the year. So offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. I'll start on the offensive end. A lot of people think it's going to be Tyreek. A lot of people think it's going to be Justin Jefferson. I'm going to side with Justin Jefferson here. Um, led the NFL in catches and receiving yards, 1,800 yards, sixth best all time, right? Um, he didn't fumble all season. I mean, a terrific year. And I like that Offensive Player of the Year has actually become less of a QB award over the years. Um, yeah. Obviously, we saw Cooper Cup get it last year. I think Jefferson's got it this year. I wouldn't be mad at Tyreek. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with JJ. And on the defensive end, you know what I'm picking. I'm picking Nick Bosa. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to Chris Jones. Been very high on him this season. He had a terrific year. Um, but 18 and a half sacks, that, it, it's just too much. It's too yeah. much for anyone else to overcome. It's, he's the best player on the best defense in the NFL, and I think that's just what it is. So give me Bosa and give me J.J. So actually, I don't think Tyreek is a finalist for the offense player of the year. I think it's Mahomes and justin yeah so that uh, is ridiculous yeah um, so I'm, I'm with you on that i think uh reek should definitely be in there um ah, man i i i want it to be jalen hurts just so that like one of them doesn't get robbed of any award right like maybe they do jalen hurts offensive player of the year and maybe mahomes mvp uh but um uh, okay you know what i'll just pick jalen just because like okay i want it to happen like i want two quarterbacks to get two different awards i'll just pick jalen i'll probably be wrong honestly i feel like it's gonna be justin jefferson but we'll just pick it for fun uh and then yeah defensive player of the year i'm with you nick bosa uh, a quick shout out to hassan reddick as well uh played phenomenal um he's had double digit sacks in the last three years only miles garrett has also done that so a uh, big shout out to him and uh yeah he looked really good in the playoffs unfortunately i think the regular season of nick bosa is just going to supersede that uh so i think this is nick's award to lose so yeah all right an mvp obviously you gave offensive player of the year to jalen hurts for a reason uh because we both know the mvp is patrick Mahomes this year we have been well i've been saying it all year uh but i mean what a body of work here um led the league <laughs> in passing yards led the league in passing touchdowns uh, it, it was just one of those things where he kind of jumped out and never, never let up uh, a very consistent year um, with pretty much a hodgepodge of wide receivers. Uh, he pretty much ended that narrative of him needing Tyree kill. So, you know what? Mahomes is a deserved MVP this year, and we are witnessing greatness right in front of our eyes. Yeah, man. A uh, lot of narratives surrounding Pat, uh, especially just long term on how great he can be, not just in the league today, but uh, in the all time greats. And uh, you know what? I'm here for it. Uh, I won't be involved in a lot of those talks till a little bit later in his career. I like to wait. 
uh you know especially when a rod was getting that same type of attention we kind of saw you know how the trajectory went so same thing right let's let's kind of wait a little bit and, and see um but man i think he's definitely deserving of this uh especially you know just the afc championship was such a great example of how good he is i mean my god like you i mean body as streetcar said body of work is absurd and he you know, made plays that I, I just can't see anybody else making. I, I don't know where he got it from. I don't know how he does it. I mean, he's he doesn't look super big. He doesn't look super athletic, but he just makes those plays. And kudos to him, man. Uh, really the new face of football, uh, especially with Tom being gone. It's it, I think, you know, we've got we've got a guy that we can we can count on to be the face of the league. hundred percent. And uh, that caps off our award picks. Only one difference here. And that's Jalen Hurts he's offensive player of the year. Um, but I think we are pretty much on the same wavelength here. But let's get into the Super Bowl. We're going to keep this combo very loose. It's going to be like last year's if you tuned in. Um, I'll just start off with a little opening spiel, and then we'll just dive into all these matchups um, individually. So, man, here we are. <laughs> it's the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Crazy, yep. So in one corner – Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, right? Both guys are trying to win their first Super Bowls. Um, coming off a season in which Hurts earned second-team All-Pro honors for his quarterback play, and again, I think Sirianni's coach of the year. The Eagles led the league with 70 sacks. Um, the only Fuck. team in the Super Bowl era to ever have four players with double-digit sacks, which is ridiculous. Um, they won 14 of the 15 games Hurts started. They breezed through the Giants and Niners in the playoffs. Um Here's one concern I've had about the Eagles, and I think this is where we'll kind of start our discussion. Their schedule has been light when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, Trevor Lawrence in a week four downpour. Uh, Jared Goff in week one. Kirk Cousins in week two, right? Aaron Rodgers November. And Dak Prescott on Christmas Eve. So that looks like a good slate. But against Prescott, the Eagles allowed 40 points. Goff put up 35 the Jaguars had five turnovers and they still kept it within a score. I don't know. What do you think it means? Is it something that we should be paying attention to, or is it something that we can overlook in this case? Because this is Mahomes we're talking about. Yeah, that's a great point, my brother. I think um, like they really, you know, have not faced anybody near Mahomes' caliber, right? Uh, I think, you know, that's something that maybe they won't be, you know, the type of looks they might not be expecting, uh, the type of, you know, off-script plays they just have not been accounting for. I mean, against Heineke, Heineke's been known to, that's kind of what he does, right? Like off-script plays. And I think, you know, that was the one game that Philadelphia got fully outplayed on all three phases, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only time uh, Jalen Hurts played that they got outplayed. And I think that's why they lost. So I think, you're right. That's a concern. But for Philly, it, they're so deep on all three phases that to beat them, you have to outplay them in more than just one area. Like you have to, right? So even if they get outscored or sorry, even if the defense isn't playing bad, you've still got that offense you've got to deal with, right? So I think that's where Philly is just so deep and so consistently good at. They have so many players just across the board. I mean, we spent so much time talking about the Niners roster, I mean, we should have been really focusing also on Philly's roster, just how complete mm -hmm. it is. Um, and yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm going to bring up another one too. Uh, Kansas City got pressure, right? Like they're also, right. I, I believe they were top two in sacks, uh, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, you know, we're getting the uh, two top teams in sacks in, in the Super Bowl for a reason. Um, but 
Yeah. So, I mean, getting consistent pressure, that's what they finally needed to do to beat Cincinnati, right? It was a low scoring game. You needed the plays to work and that's what they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, question is, can you do that now on not just three backup O-linemen, you're going up against the best O-line in football, most complete one, right? These guys know what they're doing. They know their matchups. They know how to, uh, protect the pockets at the outside anchor, all of that thing. And uh, you've got, you know, absolute studs. Uh, so that's the question, right? Can they get pressure? Line of scrimmage is where it always comes down to an e each and every Super Bowl. And I know we talk about it, but need to bring it up again. We are the Cold Art Truth Podcast, otherwise known as the Trenches Podcast. We talk about the trenches every single talk week. Them, talk to them. Hey, for, a good, for, a good, for a good reason, right? Um, it usually does come down to the trenches. I'd say that plus explosive plays are what's going to make this game. Uh, another X factor, um, I shouted it out before the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs defense is playing really well. Um, and since the Chiefs got Trent McDuffie off IR with that hamstring injury, defense picked up significantly, yep. right? Um, and this is a very young secondary. Um, four rookies, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, uh, obviously McDuffie, Brian Cook. And up front, you got another rookie in George Karlaftis. He has become a menace over the past two months, <laughs> right? Um, yep. six and a half sacks, uh, after the first 10 games where he had a half sack. Right. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, as you mentioned, you're going against a Philly offense, um, that has three pro bowlers and two first team, all pros along the line, but they've struggled to avoid sacks. So if the chiefs can get to Hertz on key downs, force a few punts, then you got to contend with more drives against Mahomes and the best offense in the league. So I think that's a great point that you made there about Philly. For Kansas City, I think it's going to be about, again, just turnovers and, and sacks. The Eagles yep. had 70 sacks or players of double digits. Reddick had 16 during the regular season, and he's going to be lining up with Andrew Wiley, who I think you'll agree with this. He's the biggest question mark on that Kansas City line. Yeah. So I think maybe they'll get Kelsey to chip and help out there. Yeah, they've been doing that a lot recently. So McKinnon's a good pass blocker too. Maybe they – try to use him there, but I don't think that's a really a, a solution. I think it's a quick fix, but not something that's going to be sustainable over the whole game. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play that. But the Chiefs, kind of in contrast to the Eagles, have been really good at avoiding sacks this year, and they've faced really good pass rushes, right? They've seen the Chargers twice. Uh, they've seen the Bills when they were healthy. They've seen the Niners, the Buccaneers. They, they've seen it there, so... I don't know. What is your take on the Chiefs side of things and what they can do on offense to win this game? Because obviously, you know, they'll get plays, but how do you mitigate that Philly defense? Yeah, you're right. Uh, they've played some pretty good pass rushes and they've voted pretty well. I mean, this was still a record-breaking offense, even without Tyreek Hill. And you're right. I was going to talk about Travis Kelsey being such a decoy. That's why I think, honestly, he is the true offensive player of the year, but whatever. Um, he... The way he can be used as a decoy, you're right, chip blocks, things like that, the way he gets open across the middle. They have just such a consistent offense that works. And I think I think we said this back in 2020. One thing that really stood out to me about Mahomes, and I think he took a next level jump, was when he started to have these really long sustaining drives, take the clock down, right? Because I think the key to this game is also time of possession. The Eagles run the ball, bro. Like you need the time of possession to be on your side if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. And um yeah, that's kind of my take on it. I think you know, this is still a record-breaking offense. I'm not too concerned about uh, just, you know, them going against the pass rush. I will say this. I'm going to move it on to, uh, let's go first the secondary. Mm -hmm. Both sides favor Philly, right? 
the Chiefs yeah. receivers versus the Eagles secondary, and then the Eagles receivers versus the Chiefs secondary. Chiefs got a young secondary, right? Eagles receivers, they're they 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 they're tough, mm-hmm. um, and uh, both guys can uh, easily exploit matchups on the outside. Uh, we've seen AJ go in the slot a little bit. Uh, Devonte, you know what he does. I mean, he's crazy route running, crazy catch radius. Even though the the one over the sideline was incomplete, that was he had two of those this year, which was kind of ironic. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these guys exploit uh, exploit matchups. That's uh, what Philly loves to do. And then same thing on the defensive side. I mean, you got Slay, Bradbury, CJ. I mean, CJ coming back was so huge for them. Think about it, right? right. Defensively, how many how many points have they allowed now? Like. 21 combined in the last two games or something like that like uh they have right? i think it's Plus, been like 14 14 right yeah. yeah so it was both seven point yeah dude i mean cj's been huge so i mean like philly has the outside matchups uh i think that's that's something to take note of yep and i think it comes up big because a big thing to look forward to uh forward to in this game is can the eagles force turnovers right they ranked fourth or tied for fourth in takeaways um only twice did they not cause a turnover in a game. So it's pretty much a given that they're going to get a turnover here, especially considering the Chiefs offense. They have committed a turnover in every game this year, except for five, including the playoffs. So yeah. it, I think I think it definitely, definitely favors Philly. Yeah. But the problem is it's the Super Bowl. Like that's that's my thing. I well, Okay, speaking of Super Bowl and, and good old Patty Mahomes, I mean, he's got his worst passer rating game in the playoffs. That's the very Bowl, true. And yeah. he's got four picks in both Super Bowl games, so two in each. So, yep. you know, as good as he is, and I will stick by it, right? He's number one, but in the Super Bowl, he's had a little lackluster. Obviously, 55 against the Bucks. like, okay, you know, a lot of it was his O-line, and receivers weren't getting open, and, you know, a lot of drops. But against the Niners, I mean, he wasn't, like, he was not looking good till the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. I mean, Niners kind of had his number. So, you know, same kind of thing here. Like, a little bit concerned. I'm also concerned about the Chiefs receivers, too. McCole Hardman, Kadarius Toney, and Juju are all banged up, right? They made it work in the AFC Championship game, but when you're facing an Eagles secondary in the Super Bowl, it's a little different, yeah. um, especially because it's not an arrowhead. But, again, I think the Chiefs secondary, youthful. Do they have it in them? to, you know, come up big in the Super Bowl on the biggest of stages. They've proven it to me that they can show up big, but, you know, who right. knows there. Um, and obviously I mentioned before, Andrew Wiley's another another big question mark for me lining up against Redick. Uh, but I'm going to give one more key to the game before we get to the pick. Yep. Uh, Eagles, the one thing that I'd always kind of been concerned about was their weak side linebackers. I talked about it against SF. Kazir White and TJ Edwards, I believe, who are their linebackers, played great versus the Niners. They played really good. Mm-hmm. So now the question is, can you back that up? Because who are you going with against over the middle? You were going up against Travis. Damn, Kelsey. Like, he is going to, uh, he's going to find his ways, right? He, like, you know, I've seen the lines on his receptions. They're like seven for like 80. I mean, they're expecting a big game out of him, right? So yeah. if you can somehow just contain him a little bit, don't let him get open over the middle. I mean, you're, you're in a good spot, right? So like you, I mean, you can't really run too much two shell against the Chiefs. They pick that apart. So matchup wise, linebackers are going to come and play here. Like everybody on the defense needs to step up. Right. Okay. Let's get into the pick. Um, I, I guess I'll start here because I've had my pick made for a little bit. 
Yeah. Let me uh, let me give some context here. So I have a bet going on this game that I never even discovered <laughs> until like a couple days ago. So Crazy. days after the Super Bowl last year, I this is when I was kind of trying to venture into betting a little bit. So I decided to place a futures bet on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. Know that this is last year. So I, you know what? I don't know how, I don't know why, but I'll take it. I think it's because I thought they would trade for Russ. I think that was my reasoning behind it, which is even more insane in hindsight. But uh, hey, man, fly Eagles fly, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all right. So... Yeah, that's that's a that's a good reason, I guess, to pick. Um, no, 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 wait, no, no, that's not my pick. That's not my pick. That's who I'm rooting for. Oh no way! That's Switch who I'm rooting for. Are you serious? You're going with KC? The Eagles have the deeper roster. No way. Slightly better up front, right? Yeah. The Chiefs have the experience. I think they have a more complex defensive scheme, and the fact that I think Spags is going to have a little bit. Like a, they'll have more looks over Dan and Art. Okay, they'll okay. have a little more looks to throw uh, at the Eagles. Best quarterback of our time. Look, if Philly constantly pressures Mahomes and forces a turnover or two, they're probably going to win. But if the Chiefs can mitigate that front to, you know, like a, re- a reasonable degree, I think they're going to win. And you know what? This is not even jinxing or anything because I've had this pick made before I even discovered the bet. Give me the Chiefs, and I'll throw out a score prediction too. I'm gonna Let's say I'm gonna say 31 to 23. Okay. Wow. Um. Whoa. Okay. Switch up, guys. I mean, that was cool for content. Um. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say if you had picked Philly, I mean, last time we. Bo- all right. Let me let me spoil the pick. I'm going with Philly. Uh, it's one that I made when it first came out and it's really funny that we're differing again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I am going with Philly. I had this pick made. This is not for content fellas. Like I, this was like really right when the games ended, somebody asked me like, all right, who you got, right? And I'm like, right now I'm going Philly and let's see if it sticks. I'm going to stick with it. And uh, the reason why I'm telling, they've just had matchups so secured. Like this has been the team that's been lasered in laser focused, been playing so well. And uh, yeah, I, I think I've picked against Mahomes in every Super Bowl he's been in. So I'm one and one. Um, and yeah, I guess oh, yeah, doing... you didn't pick him in 2019. Nope. Yeah, I picked I picked SF, I picked Tampa, and then now I'm picking Philly. So let's see where we go. But um, yeah, so I mean, they're going to be right or wrong. And uh, I, I, I don't, so yeah, I've just kind of everything I've said, right? I guess you can kind of tell by my context, it's been leading towards Philly being favorable in a lot of matchups. If Mahomes wins this, uh, I think this will be his most impressive. I think this will be more impressive than SF. Unless, yeah. okay, well, he was down 20 to 10. So unless this is a massacre, then, uh, you know, this will happen. And, uh, all right, let's, let's throw out a score. Um, I'm going to say, ooh, okay. I don't know why, but 33 to 28 has just been calling my name. So 33 to 28, I guess. Um, I, I don't think there's any, I mean, if it goes low scoring, maybe we could see like a 26 to 21 ball game, but. You know what? So if one of those hit, um, but yeah, 33, 28 is probably what I'm sticking with. And I think I said 26, 21, but Philly on both of them. So yeah, there you have it, man. Yep. You got anything right. about that? I mean, Hey, if I hit, 
you get your money and I get my pick. So this is a win-win. I see this as an <laughs> absolute win. All right. Absolute win-win, man. Uh, and speaking of win-win, dude, this has been such a great season. Uh, okay. It's been a win-win for us. It's our first season without Jack uh, doing the pod. So, um, you know, it, it's been really a thrill to have you guys watch it. And, uh, you know, we're what, like three and a half years into this. I mean, we're well way into college and the fact that we're still doing this, having fun every week, I get to see this guy uh, and just talk some football. It's, it's, it's an absolute blessing guys. So uh, thank you guys so much for watching and uh, you know, didn't mean to get any, like some sentimental in here, but yeah, I mean, we've been the cold, our truth podcast. Thanks guys. Again, we'll see you guys next time.